0: Welcome to the Experience Christian Church message podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC Info to 9400 or go to our website experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Good
1: morning, Experienced Christian Church. I am delighted to be with you today as we continue learning from the book of Esther, reminding ourselves that God works His will through willing people, and we want to be those willing people. I'm especially happy to be speaking to you today for two very special reasons. One is that the book of Esther has been one of my favorite books of the Bible from the very first time I heard the story. And the other is that my videographer today is my own grandson. I'm so excited he's helping me today, so thank you, Bryant. And you can probably understand why I'm so happy to have my grandson with me today. But maybe you wonder why this rather obscure book was so special to me. It's really pretty simple. There are 66 books in the Bible and only two were named for girls. The boys got Samuel and Daniel and Matthew and Mark and dozens more. But there were two books named for girls, Ruth and Esther, and I love them both. Even better, the book of Esther tells an exciting story about a girl who saves the life of her people, the Jews, God's chosen people, and she did it by her own courage and wit. Even better, from the point of view of a 10-year-old girl, Esther was a princess. I await the Disney movie. Also, she was an orphan, which, when I was 10 years old, seemed very exotic to me. In fact, at that time, I became convinced I was an orphan who had been adopted. I was so sure of it. I went to my mother and said, Mom, it's okay. I know I was adopted. You don't have to worry about telling me. I'm fine with it. Really, I'm okay. She protested, but you're, you're not adopted. But I was so sure I'll never forget what I said. I looked at her defiantly and said, then prove it. Fortunately, my mother was kind and patient. She took me seriously and she found ways to prove to me clearly that she had given birth to me and I wasn't adopted. That also meant I wasn't a princess. It was all very disappointing. But Esther was a princess. Even better, she was brave, heroic princess. And if I couldn't be a princess, then maybe I could at least have the courage of Esther. Or could I? I wanted to have courage. I wanted to be strong and bold. I wanted to stand up for the right. And that is still true for me. I'm sure it's true of you too. We want to stand up for the good. We want to be on the side of justice. We want to speak up when our voice is needed. But courage is tough. I think of places I've worked where racist or sexist jokes were told and I wanted to speak up, but it's hard. And when you do speak up, then people get mad at you and they say things like, lighten up, where's your sense of humor? I was only kidding. What is your problem? And maybe you've learned of a situation of abuse or mismanagement of funds or behind the scenes, cruel jokes about a person or a group of people. But if you report it, the consequences might get out of your control. You could maybe lose a friend or lose a job or a friend. Could lose a job. Or maybe you're in a family setting at a dinner table and you're afraid to speak up because of all those tensions lurking underneath the surface and eventually you know everyone will be mad at you for breaking the code of silence. And yet, and yet, we want to be people of courage. People who are willing to let God work through us We may never realize the true cost of our cowardice. I remember when I was in middle school, there was one particular girl that the kids made fun of. They said she had cooties, and they screamed and ran whenever she walked in the door. Now, I never played the game, but I never spoke up either. I was afraid the group would turn on me and decide that I had cooties. You know, more than 50 years later, at our high school reunion, she talked about how terrified she had been to come into the classroom, how traumatized she was by her tormentors. I should have spoken up and spared her years of suffering. God needs us to be courageous. Now Matt has told the story of Esther, so I'll just give a brief reminder. The Jewish kingdom had been destroyed and the Jewish people taken away to Babylon into captivity. Years passed. Babylon itself was conquered by Persia and still the Jews lived as captives, as aliens, as strangers in a strange land. Well, on one occasion, the ruler over this vast empire got angry with his queen and he threw her out and had a sort of beauty contest to pick the next queen. The king's helpers brought in a lot of girls, including a young Jewish girl named Esther. Esther was Jewish. Esther was an orphan. She had been raised by her cousin Mordecai. And as she left to go to the palace, Mordecai told her not to tell anyone that she was a Jew, and Esther obeyed him. Well, after months and months of beauty treatments, and this is really in the Bible, 12 months of cosmetic treatments, out of all the young women, Esther, the Jewish orphan, was chosen to be the new queen. She lived in luxury in the palace. But the truth is, she really didn't have much power. She knew at any minute she could be thrown out like the previous queen. When political enemies got the king to sign a decree that all the Jews would be killed and their property confiscated, cousin Mordecai got a message to Esther. Basically, um, do something. Well, that's the short version. He really said something more like, Perhaps you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Esther's first message back to him was, you know, if I go to see the king when he hasn't invited me first, the law says I will be killed if he doesn't hold out the golden scepter. In other words, Mordecai, what do you want me to do? He will kill me. But Esther's second message to Mordecai shows her courage. I will go to the king and if I perish, I perish. What courage, what willingness to be used by God to save God's people. Here I am nervous because someone will make fun of me or ridicule me or say I have cooties or I'll ruin my family dinner and Esther can say If I perish, I perish. But you know, there's more to Esther than just courage. It is a courage guided by wisdom. It's not a foolhardy or lighthearted courage. Esther knows this is serious business. Like Esther, we need courage guided by wisdom. Now, when I think about courage, I always think of Don Quixote, the man of La Mancha. You may have read the book, seen the movie, heard the musical. He's the old Spanish gentleman farmer who got in his head that he was a great heroic knight. He decides to go out and do battle against evil. But in his first great battle, when he thinks he is fighting an evil giant, He actually attacks a windmill, a windmill. It throws him off his horse, breaks his lance, breaks several ribs, knocks out half his teeth.
0: Is this courage?
1: He wasn't afraid to attack, but it was a totally foolish effort. In contrast, Esther tells Mordecai to gather all the Jews in the Persian capital city of Susa, where they lived, and hold a fast for three days. And after that, she would go into the king. Now, fasting is denying oneself something, usually food, in an effort to focus one's attention on God and prayer. And fasting was an important part of Jewish worship. So Esther joins in these three days of fasting and prayer, before she acts. She is not going to rush headlong into the throne room. On the third day, she dresses up in her royal robes, goes to the inner court of the King's Palace. And at this point in the story, I am holding my breath. What will happen? Will Esther be put to death? But no. The king holds out his golden scepter, and we can relax for a minute. What about her request to save her people? Once again, Esther tempers her courage with wisdom. Her only request is to invite the king to a banquet. Then at the banquet, when the king again asks her request, she invites him to a feast the next day. By this point, I think the king is very curious and very well fed. He is ready. And now Esther reveals the whole evil genocidal plot to him. She asks the king to spare her life and the lives of her people, the Jewish people. And of course, he does. It's more complicated than that, but basically the Jewish people are not executed, their property is not confiscated, and Esther continues to be queen, and cousin Mordecai gets to live in honor in the palace. Happy ending. Well, Mordecai said to Esther, perhaps you have come to royal position for such a time as this. As I meditate on these words, I think we have all been called for such a time as this. It is always such a time as this. Now is the time for courage. We have not been called to royal power, but wherever we live and whatever our position, we have been called to courage, to boldness. To speak and to act for God. Jesus knew that such courage is dangerous, and he said to his disciples, in the world you face persecution, but take courage. I have conquered the world. So I think about the disciples and how they really had to be like Esther saying, if I perish, I perish. Most of them were eventually martyred for their preaching and think of the apostle paul after he had been imprisoned by the roman authorities he knew he was likely to face death and he wrote to the christians in the city of philippi it is my eager expectation and hope that i will not be put to shame in any way but that by my speaking with all boldness christ will be exalted now as always in my body whether by life or by death for to me living is christ and dying is gain to the church at corinth paul wrote keep alert stand firm be courageous be strong god works god's will through willing people. It takes courage to be that willing person and getting that courage begins in prayer. Esther fasted for three days to get the courage to walk into the King's inner chamber. We can begin our journey to courage by praying for courage and by listening to God's promises to be with us. Over and over throughout scripture, God promises to be with us as we work for God's purposes. Just before Moses died, he spoke to the assembled people of Israel, saying to them, Be strong and bold, because it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And as if that wasn't enough, Moses spoke personally to the new leader, Joshua, and said, Be strong and bold. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The Book of Psalms puts it this way. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What a good reminder for us wait for the Lord. We must remember not to let our courage become foolishness. We live in complex times, and it isn't always easy to discern the right path, the just path, the righteous path. So we wait for the Lord. We pray, and we pray with others in our community. And together, we gain the courage to act to bring about God's will. Sometimes I think I have envisioned Esther acting alone, the bold princess defying everyone, but that isn't an accurate picture. Esther was completely unaware of the danger to God's people until Mordecai informed her and awakened her conscience. And even when she decided to act with courage, she did not act alone. She had Mordecai and all the Jewish people of the great city of Susa fasting along with her for three days before she ventured into the throne room. Perhaps that is a good image of the kind of church we want to be. Individually, we are committed to justice and courage. And as a group, we support each other to face the difficult task so that no one is ever completely alone. We must be united in courage, and when we are united, we will have the courage to act. This unity of courage is very evident in the early days of the church in Jerusalem. When Peter and John were put in prison for telling the good news of Jesus, as the Christians gathered to pray, They didn't ask for protection and safety. Instead, they prayed, and now Lord look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with boldness. What a lesson to us. Look at the threats and God grant us the courage to speak with boldness. I'm never going to be a princess or a queen either. But there is a lot I can learn from Esther, a lot we can learn together. For one thing, we aren't in this alone. We are in this together. We are a community seeking justice and righteousness together. Second, I need to stay informed with good sources of information and not dark web conspiracy theories. We need someone like Mordecai in our lives, pointing out the needs of people, needs for food and housing, for medical care, clothing, and so on. Especially in these COVID times, I am tempted to stay safe in my own snug cocoon. And it's more important than ever for me to pay attention to the hurting world around me. Third, I don't need to rush into action, attacking windmills and breaking my bones for nothing. I need to temper my courage with wisdom. Take time for prayer. Wait for the Lord. And four, eventually, I need to speak up and act on behalf of those in need, just like Esther spoke up to save the lives of the Jewish people immigrants and aliens in Persia. For me, I wish I could go back to that middle school classroom and act with courage. I wonder how Yolanda's life would have changed if I had spoken up boldly. And I don't always have to be Esther in the story. Maybe there are times when I will be like Mordecai, helping someone else act with courage, tempered by wisdom. I remember once when a dear friend of mine had just started a new job, her dream job really, and things were going great except for this one older man, a married man, her superior at work and also very important for her to succeed in her profession. And he began giving her way too much attention, inappropriate attention. Fortunately, he didn't grab or grope, but he just showed up at her office way too often. He sent way too many personal messages. He talked way too often about his unhappy marriage, and he just gave way too many compliments on her physical appearance. You get the picture. She and I were walking buddies at the time, and as we walked, we talked about how she could respond. clearly she had to do something but she had to speak and act in such a way that she didn't jeopardize her job or her professional advancement so she needed to draw some clear lines without creating a disastrous confrontation well we didn't come up with a magic solution but i was able to help her figure out how to stop the inappropriate behaviors keep her job and avoid a blow-up. She was able to be courageous and wise, knowing that she wasn't alone, that someone was praying for her as she acted. We didn't fast and pray, but we sure did walk and pray. I don't know what God is calling you to do now, but now is the time. Maybe there is a neighbor who needs love. Maybe you need to advocate for someone at work. Maybe you need to help your children stand up against hateful talk at school. God works God's will through willing people. You have been called for such a time as this, and we are in this together. Will you pray with me? loving God we confess that all too often we fail to act with courage and we ask that you would open our eyes to see the needs around us and then give us the wisdom to act boldly for you we pray in Jesus name
0: thanks for joining us we hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.